Welcome into another episode of In the Pen, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, the only pod- podcast on this network that talks exclusively about relievers. I'm Cal Elsinger, as always, and I'm joined, warming up in the bullpen, by Rick Graham, Pitcherless' own bullpen expert. Rick, how you doing? Doing, doing well. You know, getting, getting used to, you know, having baseball full time. Just, you know, nice Tuesday night to, you know, enjoy some games. It's been it's been being fun right now. It's nice to record this show like we did last week and have live reactions to the uh, bullpen news. Uh, this past week has been a little less hectic. We don't have as much. We have the first in- couple injuries to report on it that affect the closer landscape. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But we're going to start off just like we did. If you go on pitcherlist.com, just like last week, Rick has his Closer rankings released on t- Tuesday. They were recording this for this past week. And then we'll have the holds rankings up for the next couple of days as well. So just like last week, Rick, who is your biggest riser up in your ranks? Uh, a couple couple guys moved up this week. I would say you know, Tanner Rainey moved up, I think, the most. He moved up five spots. And a lot of that's because people in front of him kind of move down but at the same time he's clearly the closer in Washington which is is nice to see especially you know there's about 10 to 12 teams that we have no idea really who who is the clear cut closer so you know Rainey having the job he he looked better his last time out as far as velocity it's starting to creep back up towards where he was last year um not 2019 velocity but you know He's still 96. So, yeah, I, I think Rainey is in a good position to kind of, you know, roll with that closer job all year, especially Kyle Finnegan got um, destroyed this weekend. And, you know, there's not a lot of competition there anymore. Yeah, I think we've you mentioned it in the article. But we'll get we'll get into that situation a little bit more. There's a different name that is starting to intrigue you in Washington. So stay tuned for that to be some sort of threat for saves for Rainey. But I agree, he continues to rise. I feel like in the past week, all the closed situations we said are confusing and we want to get some more clar- clarity on. We didn't. And that's yep. going to be... We're probably going to be saying that a lot, but we did not get much clarity in those situations. I, I would agree. Tanner Rainey's probably my biggest winner as well from the week. I also do think Corey Knebel comes out of this uh, uh, as a winner. Yes, he, we knew he was going to be the closer, but when he went on the COVID IL, there's always possibility that some reliever comes in and eats into the saves, kind of emerges into that. And I don't think anyone in that pen did that. Brad Hen looked good, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. Maybe there's some contention there, but I think Knable has his job safe. So it's not as exciting of a winner. I think Tanner Rainey's a big one. I went out and added him in a couple leagues this past weekend. So he would, I would agree he is my biggest winner. And just like last week... We'll go the complete opposite. Who is the biggest loser? No one really. Fall, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say like no. There wasn't any dr- dr- drastic change like draw uh, faller this week, but I guess I'm a little bit concerned with like Scott Barlow and the usage there with you know him pitching in front of Stamont the other day, this weekend. Um, not surprising. That's kind of Mike Matheny's been like that for however long even with the Cardinals so just having um you know having a little bit to worry about as far as Barlow you know we thought Barlow was kind of a locked in closer to begin the year and 
not having that certainty anymore is a little concerning, but I'm still, I'm not ready to sell quite yet. It's nice when your loser's biggest follower is probably the one I'd be most interested to talk about right off the top. He would probably be the one I'm concerned with. I think his job is starting to become a little mm. not as clear as we thought. Stalmont may be in the threat. But so I don't even think I need to mention him. I think Barlow's a great name. We'll dive deep into kind of a usage in just a moment, but we're going to get move on over to some of the news and start diving into the team by team stuff like we did last week. That it is worth talking about. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the obvious ones, but we'll start out in Houston because I think that is the biggest news of this past week. Ryan Presley was placed on the 10-day injured list with right knee inflammation. All reports seem to be that he is progressing well and he may be back as soon as the as his, as the 10 days are up or very shortly after. But if you're trying to pounce on this opportunity, try and get your saves, who emerges in that Houston bullpen? They've mentioned a mixture of what Stanek, uh, Naris, and Rafael Montero, which you know they all kind of have some closer experience. But I think it has to be Naris, and he was the one who came into the ninth the other day. I know they were up up a couple run more than three runs, but um, you know it's still good to see him. You know, get the ninth inning. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I I don't know if Presley and how long he's going to be out for. So I don't know if it's worth, you know, depends on who you're dropping to add Naris. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting with like, I mean, we could talk more about Presley about he's had that and that knee's been an issue for a while now, going back to 2019. So that does kind of concern me long-term with him. Would you, obviously it's not easy to try and bail on saves or trade saves. Would you consider, trying to get out of that quick if you're not if you're a little more concerned trying obviously not trade him now but if he comes back quickly from an injury mm-hmm. would you maybe try and capitalize on okay he's fine and look to get out of that now or are you still it's <laughs> closers and you get saves where you can um well it guess it depends on your league but like mm-hmm. you know roto league you're probably holding t- a little bit more tighter to you know your consistent save guys but you're in a like head-to-head or points league and if you get like if presley comes back looks pretty good for two weeks i'm always looking to sell you know relievers high in those types of leagues so if yeah especially if he's got that knee that knee's a lingering thing and it just doesn't seem to go away yeah i would i wouldn't be i'd I'd, you know try to move him if i could and then in the same sense we talked about last week do you stat do you hold on to uh naris longer after presley comes back from the il if you did stat pick up Pector Naris, do you try and stash him with the concerns yeah. of his knee, or do you just say forget it if he comes back? We'll worry about that later. No, I think this is like typically it's usually you know someone's on the IL for ten days, you just don't even worry about it. But Naris, you know, with the type of like the skill set he has, he's been a successful closer. I know he's had his issues and he had him in Philadelphia, but I think he's one of those guys that you kind of have to. Or you don't have to, but he's worth, you know, looking at the long term, not just the short term. And, you know, give Presley like a couple weeks after he gets back just to make sure he's, you know, all right. We were wondering why the velo was down with Presley. And I'm maybe sure it was the knee, but I don't know. There's like now that there's just a lot of issues now coming up with, with Presley that it's starting to, you know, 
make me wonder if Neris is like a must add in 12 teamers. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong there. You know, there are some people in the fantasy industry who were right away during the offseason touting Neris as someone to stash, but they weren't fully buying into Presley. You mentioned that it's really worth monitoring because he's had those knee issues in the past. So keep an eye on this. Let's see how he comes back. We've talked about last week how his velocity was down. Hopefully that was just, okay, he was injured. Let's get him out off his legs, and then the velocity will come back. But mm-hmm. if he comes back and the issues are still there, then... Hector Neris, if he emerges as a closer, could be, I don't want to say league-winning potential, but if you need saves, that's, I think he's one of the better yeah. closers and waiting for teams that we know will have the job. So it's definitely a situation worth monitoring. Any other injury that is worth noting, it's not as severe. It's a COVID IR, and obviously, IL, and obviously we don't know how long everyone's symptoms are different. We don't know if it was a close contact or if he has himself. But Lou Trevino was placed on the COVID IL for Oakland. Yes, it's Oakland, but we all need saves. So who steps up for the athletics to get those saves? Or is it just another revolving door? Early reports make it look like it looks like it's Danny Jimenez. He's all right. But yeah, it's just I mean, I wasn't really in on Lou Trevino to begin with, even though he's had a decent start to the season. He's strike his, you know, his K rates up a little bit, which is nice to see. I'm not sure how sustainable it is, but um, I don't think, yeah, especially with a COVID thing, I would imagine Trevino's back, you know, within either this weekend or next early next week. So, um, yeah, it's it's Oakland. I don't know, not much how, to chase there. How deep in a level league do you, would it have to be for obviously Roto? You get it just because you need saves, yeah. but how, how deep of a league would you recommend grabbing? Danny Jimenez. I would get like yeah, super competitive. Let's say like super competitive sixteen team deeper leagues. Um, probably worth a shot and just you know yeah, get 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 a save or two for the next week and you know you take it and then you move on. Yeah, and that's um, that's what that's what you're gonna have to do. It's Oakland, like you mm-hmm. said. In the in the next week or two, they might not have a save opportunity with how went random Oakland is, but you never yeah. know, and it's worth. If you're in, like I said, deeper leagues for sure, go get those saves while you can. But is there anybody else in that pen worth, obviously not stashing, but monitoring in case that may eat into Jimenez? Or do you think it's a pretty clear that's his job now? Uh, Acevedo's all right. He's not. He's kind of the the second in line. The the guy I was interested in after Trevino, you know, heading into the season, and he's been a little up and down to start the year, but he is his stuff plays up the late innings um i think it's still Jimenez's role but i mean aj puck long term hopefully you know we start seeing you know everyone was think or you know a lot of people were thinking he could be you know josh Hader 2.0 which we've yet to see that but you know there's he's there's still time he's still young it's it's worth keeping an eye on obviously we talked about it at the beginning of the season but puck is he would be the one, if he was to get it, that's worth grabbing in Oakland. But as of right now, stick in your shallow leagues, keep an eye on this situation. But hopefully Trevino comes back soon enough and we can cross that off as a situation we have to have to monitor. But we're going to transition over to the, as people like to talk, the closer carous- carousel. We're going to look through some of these teams that have the clo- difficult situations and 
situations that we're monitoring based on the results in the past week. And we'll start off with your favorite team, the Boston Red Sox. Hansel Robles got the last save for the Red Sox. Jake Diekman mixed in, but has in the past week, has your opinion changed? Is, is Robles now the guy to grab in Boston? Or what, what's what's the latest out there? I think it's another situation where... If you're in deeper, you know, leagues where, you know, roto leagues where saves are harder to come by, Robles is definitely worth a shot because it's right now, it looks like it's between him and Jake Diekman and Matt Barnes isn't in the picture yet. We don't know when it's when he will be, if he will be. So if it's a two man race for, you know, saves on a pretty good team. Yeah, in Roto Leagues, you kind of have to take a chance on either Robles or, you know, possibly even Deekman as well. Um, It's looking like a situation, I mean, as a Red Sox fan, it's looking like a situation where, like, hey, they're going to have to go out and add somebody here. Um, But that's, you know, that's for down the road. So, yeah, for now, I I think I'm leaning Robles as as the favorite for saves and, you know, Probably not a mixed league needed, uh, you know, add, but or a, 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 a head to head league add, but certainly in Roto. And is that the same thing, just a 15 team deep leagues, mm-hmm. or would you even go on a little bit more of a shallow league just because of Boston being an actual good baseball team, not Oakland? I, yeah, I think this early in the season, it's it, in Roto leagues, even if you're in a 12 team, or it's nice to kind of get a little bit of a head start on saves. So, you you look to like Adam and if he doesn't end up, you know, if Deekman gets the next couple of saves, then, you know, oh, well, you, you just move on. But yeah, I think, yeah, for those, in, you know, desperate for saves, he's worth he's worth a shot. He's He's been he's had success before and like he's looked good so far. Yeah, he has looked good. And same thing with Deekman. He has looked solid for the most part of the season. So it's a situation worth monitoring, but. You know, I I'm not rushing out to get it, but if the Red Sox fan on this show is saying that he's worth monitoring and worth grabbing for now, then maybe I should change my tude. But as we transition from one host's favorite team, we have to talk about my favorite team, which I didn't think I'd want to talk have to talk about. But Araldus Chapman in the past week has lost command of the strike zone and was atrocious. He was pulled in the latest save opportunity against the Toronto Blue Jays. He was brought in an extra in game, gave a walk-off walk to Ramon Arias. So it brings up some questions about his job security. Personally, I'm surprised you didn't lower Heraldus Chapman in your ranks because you were already pretty low on him coming into the season. So where does that stand for you with the Yankees? Do you how concerned are you about Chapman? And if you are concerned, who would you be stashing as next man up in that pen? That 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 question's harder to answer than I, because you got you got Luizaga, Chad Green, even like Clay Holmes has looked really good. Um, but as far as I mean, Ch- Chapman goes. He did this in last was it last July, late July or August last year. He he does have these spurts where he just completely like loses command of the strike zone, and it's it's at least good to see that you know Boone's willing to you know, recognize this and make moves quicker than just letting him in and letting him walk four guys in a row. So um, as far as, yeah, who my favorite would be, I would, 
like to see Luizaga in the closer role. I think his stuff his stuff's pretty electric. It play it's he's again slow starter this year, but I like him more long term than the other options. But I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Clay Holmes or obviously Chad Green's the veteran. You know he's he's been there forever, and yeah, it could be. It could turn into a committee or one of those guys takes it. But if I had to take a speculative ad, I guess I would go with Luizaga for now. Yeah. I'm not going to panic fully on a Rawls Chapman yet. As a Yankee fan, yes, I'm panicking. But as a, for, as a fantasy manager, you hold. Boone will, it'll take a lot for him to fully yeah. relinquish the closer role. He's not at that point yet. But I am imp- impressed as a fan that he was able to notice he struggled and not say, let's try and get this in the work through us and made the switch. And Michael King looked electric as well. He's not worth monitoring though he got the save in toronto like you said there's all those names in front of him i would think jonathan loisaga would be the next guy he usually gets the eighth inning to set the ball to chapman clay holmes got the save in their win against baltimore over the weekend but that was because loisaga i believe was unavailable had pitched two days in a row so it's worth speculating if chapman does lose a job you grab one of those guys and hope you get the right one but if i'm Handicapping, I think the odds would be in Loisaga's favor. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And we have, a, just as we started off the show talking about Tanner Rainey, sorry to switch gears here, but he's, you know, he just loaded the bases and there's no outs and with the with Washington up a run in the ninth inning. So, you know, once again, we have cursed. Uh, I think, who was it? Who did I pick last week that oh. I think had, had blew a save that same day? So, let's just. Yeah. We're going to canvas winner segment now. If it's two straight weeks now of us cursing a reliever, yeah. we're just going to can it. Let's just move on. Um, yeah, worth mining. We'll update. Obviously, you'll know the results, but we'll you'll hear from our emotions if, uh, if he blows his save. But we'll move over to Kansas City next on the list. We talked about Salma and, and the Barlow situation at the beginning of the show, but it's worth diving in a little bit deeper. Salma has come in. They did bring Barlow in as more of a setup man in the seventh inning to get the ball with Salmont. So as it stands right now of Kansas city, do you think Barlow is still the favorite? Is it now going to be more of a 50, 50 split? How has this week fully changed your opinion? Or is it just a, we're monitoring this right now? I think just a monitor, monitor, monitoring type situation now with, with like, it's, it's so it's kind of one of the more unpredictable managers is Mike Matheny when it comes to late inning bullpen usage. Like right when you think you have, like he has like a favorite lined up to, you know, get the bulk of the saves, he goes around, changes things up. Um, But yeah, like, I don't think it's worth dropping Barlow or anything. I think you still hold on to him. I guess the real question is what do you do with Stalmond? Is he, where does he become a must add? And I think it's kind of similar to how we were talking about these other pitchers. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you're in desperate need for saves and those deeper roto leagues, sure. He's worth a look. But if you're in, you know, a 12 team mixed head to head league, I don't think what Josh, this Josh dominant of now, I don't think, you know, we had. High, I think the community in general and baseball fans, you know, had high hopes for Josh Stallman a couple of years ago, and I, I think he's, he's been okay, but he's not really. You know, the velocity hasn't led to elite production that we had hoped for. So, I don't think he's any. I don't think he's a must add yet, in you know, most leagues. 
Yeah, the velocity is what makes me intrigued by this mm-hmm. development the most, and it is worth mo- mo- no- noting that Barlow did come in in the seventh, but it was against the meat of the opposing team, or I, I don't recall who they were playing over the weekend, but they, he was brought in to get those guys out. So if it goes with that, then Barlow's still the high leverage guy, and Stalmont just yeah. happened to be the next guy up. So it's it's worth monitoring. Like you said, if you need saves, you stash it because that stuff plays up and can play up in a closer role. And like I said, Muffini can be very unpredictable. So this may be one that we talk about in the future as you know less sure than we are. I'd still agree with you if Barlow is the favorite as he was the guy who came in seventh, but I will stash Stalma in leagues where I'm looking for saves or like to stash saves just because that stuff can play in the closer's role. And I could see Matheny making that switch very, very quickly. Yeah, I see it. And the next situation that we were trying to monitor from this past week was Minnesota. We hyped up Joan Duran. I put him in nastiest pitches on Monday night and there was not a single save opportunity. We didn't get really get to learn anything over the past week. So does it still, are you still as excited as you were last week about Duran? Yeah, but it's get I'm getting getting a little frustrated. Not gonna lie, I I I don't know if they are, but the Twins might be the only team that hasn't. There's they don't have they haven't had one save all year. So, like, can we just we just need to see one, and then we have at least something to go off of because I, right now we still don't know. I think we've narrowed it down to probably Duran or Pagan, and I definitely prefer uh, Duran long term and for the rest of the season but again like situation where I think Duran right now just with how nasty he is and the potential that you know is is there is worth you know he's worth a look in a lot of in most leagues um Pagan probably more of like a you know say you need saves you know roto leagues um but yeah, it's just I can we get can the twins please get a get a save in the books so we can you know have something to work with here. That would be really really nice, especially with how much you hyped up Duran and all that yeah. top ten upside you gave us talking about last week. So it's something. Yes, in Monday night's game, as we're recording this on Tuesday night, they are leading in the fifth inning. So maybe we get a save opportunity mm-hmm. to learn from as we start talking about how they don't have any save opportunities for us to learn from. But with usage yesterday on. Monday night, Duran did come in in the seventh inning of a game that wow. was a four to three, four to two lead. So, eh, I, I don't know. know. Pagan was the later guy, so I if take do with that what you may, what you will. Yeah, it's they've kind of bounced back and forth, and yeah, Duran had a little bit of a rough outing in Boston, and that may have pushed him back down into the yeah, seventh inning territory. So I. I don't know, but good news is Tanner Rainey just got out of that bases Ooh. loaded, no outs jam, so <laughs> we're clear. Top 10 closer. Here we go. Yes. <laughs> um, but So would you put Pagan in that same conversation we have with Josh Stalmont? Would you stash him where you're yeah. evaluating needing those saves, or are you just so hyped on Duran that Pagan's an afterthought? No, I, I yeah, it's one of those situations where I think there's two valuable pieces that you know, can both have value as long as, you know, Pagan's not wrecking your ratios and 
um, Stamon as well. But I, yeah, I think they're both like where Stamon and Pagan are more of, you know, Roto League type ads. I think Duran and Barlow are still your, you know, set it and for, forget it type and, you know, head to head leagues. We're going to take a brief break, but when we come back, we're going to switch over to the National League, try and dive into some of these other confusing situations, including our good friend Anthony Bender, now in some trouble in Miami. But we'll talk to that in just a moment. All right, we're back here on the In The Pen podcast. We'll transition over to National League. You kind of led us into this conversation. Tanner Rainey did just pick up the save as we're recording this on Tuesday night. He has become the biggest, you mentioned him as the biggest winner. How confident are you now with him as a, as the closer? Is there anybody we kind of alluded at the beginning of the show? Is there, is there somebody else who you're thinking could eat it into this conversation a bit more? Yeah, I think, well, that getting out of that basis loaded jam that I haven't looked at the box score yet, I but I'm assuming he, you know, was the one to, to load the bases. So yeah, getting out of that's huge for his confidence, the team's confidence in him. Um, yeah, and if you know, say he did blow that save, you know, I it has to be you know on everyone's mind in that organization. You know, like Sean Doolittle's here again. He was a really good closer for us for like two and a half years. Um, he's been pitching well. When does he, you know, start to enter? the mix when it comes to you know closing out games guy who's done it there before so yeah it was good it's good to see rainy get out of that and you know do little's a deeper monitor he didn't it doesn't look like he pitched in this game um but yeah I, i'm starting to like you know i've always liked do little even though he's kind of a he's he was a fastball only guy he started to add you know secondary stuff because you need to you know especially when your velo drops. So, yeah. Yeah, it's worth monitoring. And you mentioned Doolittle has the experience. Doolittle has closed games out for Davey Martinez in the in the past. And he has been brought in those high-leverage situations. So if it, that knocks Kyle Finnegan completely off our radar now, or is he still around? Well, Finnegan was the worked the eighth tonight. So it looks like he's still kind of, the the top handcuff there um which is i I don't know finnegan's okay again nothing really blows me away with his stuff or you know any of his his numbers in the past you know x stats wise it's pretty pretty vanilla so i would prefer that if like something were to happen to rainy that I think Doolittle would be my favorite ad, but my preferred ad, but I could see them going with Finnegan because he closed out games last August for them. The other name which we mentioned at the top of the show was Corey Knabel and Brad Hand in Philadelphia. Knabel was just activated from the COVID IR or IL. He was the favorite for saves, and he's going to probably slot right back in the role. Did anybody during the few days that we were out without Knabel stand out to you or make this more of a conversation or is this now back to Knable's job and the other guys take the step back to getting the ball to him? I still think it's Knable's job. I know I saw some something about I think some people are a little worried about Knable working the eighth inning down in, in a losing game yesterday, but probably just to get work after he's been out for a while. 
Um, but yeah, Brad hands look better than I had thought. Um, again, I have been like down on him for a while and I'm, you know, the underlying numbers don't suggest any sort of like crazy revelation, but if he's, you know, pitching well, then I would imagine the team would, you know, have the confidence to, you know, work, say there's two lefties coming up in the ninth and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to hand over Knable in a situation like that. So do you want to stash Brad Hand in those leagues, or is it still kind of... Is he around the same stash you would put us with the Stamonts we were talking about and the Emilio Pagans, or is he a little below that? Yeah, I'd, I'd put him at least like a tier below those, get like the Pagan, Stamont tier. Um, you're, you're talking like deeper save-only leagues, or, you know... You know, sixteen team save whole leagues. You know, maybe he creeps up onto the radar there. Um, yeah, there's still like you know looking into this. There's not a lot of he's still not getting swings and misses, and you know, velo is still the same, if not lower. It's but you know, he as long as he's hot, the team will ride him, given his you know his history and his you know his background. So. As a, as a top tier, you know, high leverage reliever. So if he's going well, he's probably going to be fantasy relevant. Yeah. And we hope that the next guy we're going to talk about gets back to being fantasy relevant, but it's Anthony Bender. He had himself a very, very rough week. Um, Rick, tell us about it. And has that changed what you're, what's, what you're thinking about him? Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out what's what's. I don't know what's going on with him. It's um, you know, he's not getting swings and misses despite you know his velocity's weirdly up a mile per hour. I don't. So, it's you know his command is not. He's 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 not really locating things where he wants to right now. You can see with these graphs, but like. I'm still holding out hope. It the concern is like he needs to turn it around now with Dylan Floro mm-hmm. working getting so close to returning that like if, if Floro were to return tomorrow, I'm guessing he would probably go back into the closer role and so, you know, Bender has to do something this week. He has to have a couple clean outings to kind of put more confidence into, you know, Mattingly to to let him you know, roll with the roll. <laughs> so the other thing that's just hurting Bender's, he's not striking guys out. He hasn't struck yeah. anybody out since his first appearance. And granted, it's only been two innings since his first appearance of the season. But that's honest, that's a solid sample size for what we're looking for with saves and these sort of leagues. So does Floro now become your the next guy up, or has is there anybody who's emerged in that pen that you would? think could eat into this or does floro just come back right away and he, he's the guy then i think floro being the incumbent and being fairly close to returning is probably the next like my favorite to be like for next man up but they again like they do have some you know cole solcers closed out games before you know they have some other options in tanner scott uh blyer so but i think they're gonna give he hasn't 
been so bad where they're going to probably take him out of the role until Flora returns. So I think it really comes down to those two. So because of that, you're not stashing anybody else in Miami. It's you stick with Bender, and once he loses the job, then that's like when you make the it's, switch. It's Bender or bust for me in Miami right now. And then, yeah, Floro is, if you have an IL spot, he's worth a shot, but I wouldn't. And unless you're in, like, again, deeper rotos, then you can stash ro- Floro, but I'm not bending over to, you know, add, to add him and dropping, you know, key pieces to add Floro right now. I still have hope in Bender. I, I don't know why he's not getting swings and misses, and you know perhaps it's maybe he's tipping tipping his pitches or something, but or a mechanical thing. Who knows? But I'm sh- holding out hope they figure it out. Wouldn't it be nice if we were in a Discord or something with a guy who knew pitching and could tell us what was <laughs> going on with that? I, I, do you know a guy like that? I don't. I, I don't know. Wish. Yeah, I know. Nothing comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Some some guy po- Pollock. I, I, I don't know. But we go from one confusing situation in Miami to maybe the most confusing situation of the, in the entire league right now, and that's Cincinnati. Rick, did we learn anything this past week about what's going on there? Nope. Cool. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I know. I It's a si- similar thing, but whereas it's like Sim, Sims is the one returning, there there is no real Ben like there's no Anthony Bender it's Art Warren got one save and then that was that and um Santillian hasn't been great since I I just yeah I think it's looking like Lucas Sims it's a Lucas Sims and Anthony are uh, and Art Warren other than those two I'm not really interested in anything going on in Cincinnati and Lucas Sims it sounds like will be returning this weekend as you're recording it, so hopefully yeah. we get our answer soon enough, and next week we can finally have some answers for you with Cincinnati. But yes, yeah, I would agree. It's Art Warren or Bust for me in that pen of people I'm looking to have in my roster. Sims, of course, if he gets the job, that'll go right in. I still yep. am holding off the hope, but it's another team we just haven't gotten the chance to learn much about because they haven't been winning. So there's not much of an update, but we wanted to bring up Lucas Sims as a name to. Keep on your radars. He should be back this coming weekend. But another name that we probably should have mentioned at the top of the show is one of the biggest winners. But personally, I probably overlooked it a little bit. Daniel Bard has really, really impressed. He had worked himself in a tough situation the other day and ended up getting the save. He seems to be the, the guy, and there doesn't seem to be competition. We might finally have a clear answer in Colorado. Am I reading the situation wrong, or is he someone that's going to be possibly rising up your ranks even more soon. Um, he's one of the, it's tough to, to, to rank him and a it's Colorado B there's still, I know he's, he's got, he's four saves and, but they, they sign Alex Colmay. Colmay just got a save. Was it last night? I think it was as recording this, um, you know, there's, there's just, a lot there where I don't think the Rockies are going to win a lot of games and they'll probably be sellers. But I, again, I don't know. The Rockies are like the most difficult team to predict because nothing they really do makes a ton of sense. So, um, but again, I, I would think that they would try to move Bard. Like, you know, if he gets off to a hot start, you move him now and, you know, his contracts, well, his contracts up after the year, 
get something for him. Um, but yeah, he's looked good so far. He's always prone to you know giving up the long ball, a long ball or two, and it's not a great thing in Coors. But um, yeah, he probably should be a little higher. And especially like this is a guy where if you're in roto leagues, like you you want to have him and get those early numbers, even if he does get traded, at least you get two good months out of him, three months out of him. So yeah. I I, I just you know, concern about his, his like what he's done, you know, he's been up and down in the past and this could just be a hot streak right now. I feel like when you said that the Rockies don't know what they're doing and they're confusing, you just described the entire past five years of the Colorado Rockies. Yes, they probably should trade Daniel Bard. Will they? Yeah. I don't know. They just signed Chris Bryant because they thought they can be competitive when they clearly don't know how to read what they are. I'd like to see them. Yeah. (laughs) Kyle Freeland, huge extensions for what? I don't don't get it. This team just never makes any sense. And at least maybe we have a closer we can trust, which is more than we can say than almost half the teams in the league. So that's nice, including this next team and the final team we'll talk about today the San Francisco Giants. It's becoming another one of those pens that we need to talk about every week because we, we may learn something. So Rick, same thing we said, asked with Cincinnati. Did we learn anything last week? This, so I think we may have, and I, I almost actually started when we did winners and losers. My, I almost went with Camilo Duvall because I, if it wasn't for his shaky outing today, I would have probably gone with him. Um, but it looks like, I mean, they're really real. Like they're actually committed to, I think giving him the closer role. And he just, he hasn't really seemed to want, he, he hasn't really done anything to, you know, take it and run with it, so to speak. But at least they're trying to force feed him the role. And that's, you know, you'd love to see that. Um, like eventually you just hope that, you know, the stuff starts to come around and he has better command of, well, I I mean, I was with his pitch usage. It's like a little, I don't understand why he throws so many, he's got a a nasty slider. I get it, but like, I just feel like there needs to be a better mix there because he's got a good fastball too. I know Mm -hmm. he has trouble commanding it and that's the issue right now, but. Um. Anyway, yeah, I, th- I, I, I think Duvall's kind of the secondary winner to me for for this this week, and there's a lot of upside there once he starts to put everything together. Do you drop your other giant specs with uh, Jake McGee, Tyler Rogers? Do you drop them in saves only leagues, or are you still expecting to be Gabe Kaplard by the end of the week? <laughs> that's that's the thing is like I, it, it's you're in a tough situation if you do have Jake McGee right now because. I, I don't personally, but I could picture if I did, like, I know the second I drop him, like, things things are just going to switch there. And, like, you know, you're going to get you're going to get hurt by, by dropping McGee. But um, I think he's like, I don't, I don't think like Leon or um, Rogers need to be rostered in most leagues. Um, so, yeah, it comes down to McGee and Duvall. And, you know, if there's an interesting you know, other reliever, starter, bat on the wire, and McGee's kind of your last reliever, I would, I don't think I would lose sleep over dropping him 
again, unless you're in like a very, you know, hard to find saves roto league. Yeah, he's not going to be that sad to lose. But then again, this is San Francisco. And mm-hmm. Gabe Kapler is willing to switch and drop that. I'm. I don't think I'm personally going to be dropping him yet because, like we kind of mentioned, they can make this switch in the drop of a hat. So because of that, I'll still hold on to McGee. If it's another week like this where Duvall seems to be continue to get spoon fed and trying to force feed him the role, then we reevaluate it. But that, that's something that I'm going to be keeping my eye out for this coming week along with some other things for this week and we'll get to we'll get to that right now rick what are you watching for most i mean one or two things that you're keeping your eye on this next week in terms of trying to get an advantage over your league mates in yeah in the pen i guess i think i said it last week but yeah obviously what happened well there's i guess there's three big things still that are like lingering that kind of or situations that I want to get clarity on and then you know one's Minnesota obviously can we just can we get a safe chance can we see if it's Pagan Duran or how they use them you know in the roles going forward um I like I want to get more of a sample size of what's going on in Boston and I think you know it Robles looks like the favorite but how are they going to play I mean and you know how how does Garrett Whitlock kind of fit into the mm-hmm. mix but i know he's getting stre- he's stretched out and working a lot like multiple endings but still the best reliever there and um yeah and then what like lucas sims i hope is back this weekend i think he was supposed to be back last weekend that kind of delayed him hopefully it's this weekend hopefully he looks good good you know like his normal self and either we see him as the two in, two inning, you know, three inning fireman before the closer, or he is the closer, and you know, Art Warren's working in front of him. So, just to get some clarity on those three situations would be great. Yeah, I'll be biased for another minute. I'm keeping a close eye on this Araldus Chapman situation. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm not concerned that he's going to lose a job, but if he has another outing or two like he has in the past, the Yankees bullpen is so deep, and maybe Aaron Boone just decides it's time to make that switch, and then if he does, who would be the next guy? So I'm keeping a very close eye on this that coming, on that this coming week. And I'd like to see also if Daniel Bard keeps up what, we, what we've done. We've talked about that situation in depth, but I want to see if he keeps this up. And if he does, I'm expecting to see a, a nice little rise in your ranks for, for him coming up. But that's going to wrap us up for this episode of In the Pen. We did the... Qu- did the quick wraparound, got through all the situations in the, in the league. Rick, do you think we missed anything, or do you think there's anything else worth mentioning? Uh, I think that I think we got a pretty good, uh, yeah, good, good answer. Some good talk around, you know, the the big situations that are still lingering, and yeah, it was a, a few, shortly, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we can start diving into, you know some of the the numbers from you know once we get a bigger sample size of more than just three to four innings so yeah but for now (laughs) yeah in the early season it's just about the most important thing is just monitoring the usage soon enough we'll have like okay is this usage actually meaning anything or has are they producing with this usage but for now you and throughout the season obviously you keep an eye on the managerial managerial tendencies Mm -hmm. but this early in the season that's about all we have to go for but it's made for some very interesting conversation that's for sure Yeah. 
As always, you can find me on Twitter at Callen underscore Elslager. Rick, tell us where you can find you and where they can find the show to find your work and find these latest rankings that we're talking about. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at I am Rick Graham and follow the show on Twitter at In the Pen Pod. And you can find his weekly closer article at pitcherless.com. You probably know that by now because you listen to the show, so you probably know a thing or two about what pitcherless is. But in case you're looking for, for these ranks that are referencing, they're up there along with holds rankings that I believe come out on Friday, you say? Uh, holds separately come out Thursday. Save plus Thursday. holds come out Friday. Gotcha. And then also we have the daily article that continues to update you on these situations to supplement with this sort of podcast. So keep an eye on there. Support the work we do. We have a great staff of writers that we're going to be starting to get on soon to help us out with some of this because I gotta, I gotta say, my arm's starting to get a little sore. I may need to make a maybe need to make a call to the bullpen soon enough. So that's gonna do it for this episode of In the Pen. I am Callan, joined as always with Rick, and we'll see you next week with hopefully more answers.